Hey, what's going on, guys? First off, happy Halloween. I hope everybody has a safe and fun night. And before we jump into the episode here, I do want to provide another little disclaimer like in the previous episode. This current episode was recorded on October 2nd. I know I've been slacking a little bit for the month of October. Hopefully, we should be on track now. Life kind of got away from me for a little second, but I think we're sailing smoothly now, hopefully. That being said, if it sounds like the information is a little dated or more information has come out on a topic that we touched on in this episode, you can leave that information down in the comments if you feel like sharing or if something does sound a little off, just, you know, search it online. See if you can find more information and just form a better opinion or be more informed. Because um, that's always a good thing. Today's guest is interesting. I had a great time talking with him. I think he's a really interesting guy. Some of you may know him. He has written articles for Lost Coast Outpost. He's a political commentator. And he is also running for Eureka City Council, which the election is three days away. If you haven't voted, make sure to vote. Um, however you're leaning, whatever side, I guess you could say side you're picking, just vote. Make your voice heard because it is important and it does matter. And I know it's cliche to say that and I know everybody's talking about it and people need to stop talking about it. But... You know, they do have a point. Your voice does matter, however you feel. That being said, vote. If you haven't voted, and if you have voted, hopefully you can pull some information about a candidate that is running for Eureka City Council. So, without further ado, please give it up for Matthew Owen. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that, you know, if you're a rational person, you would see what happened to the president and his wife and be like, okay, maybe we do need to start, you know, waking up to this, taking a little bit more precautions. But I don't think the general public is feeling that way. I, I'm hearing a lot of sentiment that people are happy he got it and that, you know, if he can't protect himself, how is he going to protect the people? I think that's kind of dangerous rhetoric, but... That just seems to be what's culminating from the public right now. That's not. It's worrying, right? Yeah. It's a little scary. What is your now? You're you wrote for Lost Coast Outpost on uh, politics. Five years in Lost Coast Outpost, two years of the Time Standard. Oh wow! Congratulations, that's awesome. I'm on hiatus because when you run for office, you can't get a weekly column because then it's free publicity. Okay. They want to charge you for it. Can if you do win in November, can you still write? Yeah, pieces. Okay. Until I'm running for office again. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's kind of like can Trump tweet. Okay, that's a good. Well, you could still tweet while you're running, and get yeah. some publicity that yeah. way, but you just can't write. Huh? I didn't know that. Uh, Cliff Berkowitz had the same problem where he had to take a leave of absence from his radio show mm -hmm. when he ran for office for county supervisor. Huh. 
just to try to level the playing field a little bit. Yeah, otherwise, they'd have to give Rex Bone four hours of radio time, his opponent. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm really starting to believe that it really just comes down to whoever gets the most exposure. Yeah, no. Oh, you don't think so? What do you think? It, what are your thoughts? I don't think anyone's more exposed on the planet than Donald Trump. And I think he, he knows he's in deep trouble. Yes, but an argument could be made that that's why he won in 2016 was because everybody knew him. Yeah, but now that they do know him. You think it's going to work against yeah, him? Yeah, he's not just a marketing ploy. He's now a elected president with a three and a half year track record. Actually, almost a four year track record. And the track record is not good. Yeah, it's a little dicey. It seems more so now. Because the stock market was cruising there for a little right. bit. Everything was kind of working for him, even though he was putting out minimal effort. Pre-coronavirus, stock market was doing good, unemployment was low, and he was going to run against a socialist. And then, boom, the Democrats all got behind Joe Biden, changed that scenario, and then coronavirus hit. We have 4% of the world's population, 25% of the world's deaths. Yeah, when you put it like that, it sounds <laughs> doesn't sound good. <laughs> Did you catch the debate on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, the uh, WWE cage match. Yeah. It was insane. The worst political thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it doesn't... Well, it's hard because everybody's watching that. Like, that is the a world global, is watching yeah. it. Yeah. And so that paints a picture of who America we are is. right now. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what should freak more people out is like, this isn't just an American problem right now. Like... What happens here and with this election is going to have ripple effects throughout the world. As it has the last four years. Yes. And we've seen that. I mean, it's not like, I mean, you can turn a blind eye to it if you would like, but the information is out there. All you have to do is look at it to see, oh my God, what are, what are we doing right now? Right. The difference is the infamous kaleidoscope effect. Which is what? You don't understand what a kid's kaleidoscope is. Everybody yeah. looks at the news or the facts through their own lens. As I said, uh, if you were a right-wing Republican, that debate didn't change your mind one bit. You probably enjoyed it. Do you think it changed your mind if you were a Democrat? I think it changed your mind if you're an independent or someone who wasn't quite sure who they're voting for. Even though that was 20% a month out in 2016, it's probably 5% a month out in 2020. Do you think that it helped Biden? Oh, yeah. In what sense? Um, although he may not have come across as calm and rational as he could have should have been compared to a petulant three-year-old child who wouldn't shut the you know what up but was just yeah lesser of two evils type thing that's what i keep that is the only argument that i keep hearing about biden is just we get we just have to get trump out he's the lesser of two evils yeah he's not great yeah maybe he's not going to unite the country and maybe he's not going to do these other things that we need, but he'll calm the country yeah. and get, and buy us some time. I believe that. You do? Yeah. I looked at the debate and it's easy to recognize that Biden is obviously more fit for the role. Like he just feels more presidential. And if, I mean, he couldn't make it through a sentence without Trump interrupting him, which I think that speaks volumes in and of itself. But I I've heard inklings that Trump's plan, which, I mean, I don't know if you can even give him this much credit for forward thinking or not, was to divide Biden from the far left, which he yeah. kind of tried to do with tried. law enforcement and with 
the Green New Deal right. and Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders AOC. And, yeah, do you think that's going to hurt him? Hurt Biden? No. You think those people are still going to show up? For I think him? they learned the lesson in 2016. Uh, typically, the independent will get one one and a half percent of the vote in 2016. In many of the swing states, they got five. And when Trump won Michigan by 0.002%, 10,000 votes out of 6 million. Wow. Because a lot of Bernie Crats just said, I don't, I don't like Trump, but I hate Hillary. I'm either not voting or I'm voting for Jill Stein or Gary Anderson. Not Gary Anderson. Who's, who was it? Oh. Um, it's so bad I can't even remember his name. Gary. Oh, I know who you're talking about too. I can't. Gary Anderson was a previous independent candidate in the 80s, I believe. It was Gary somebody. Yeah, remember. they voted yeah. for one of them. Huh. So, I mean, and they realized, thanks to them, elections have consequences. And Trump's in office, and Trump's looking for his third Supreme Court justice. They're going to go after ACA next, the Adult uh, Affordable Care Act, excuse me. And uh, at that point, they're going to try to take away pre-existing conditions because insurance companies want to make more money. But now, on top of 103 million to 133 million with pre-existing conditions, there's an additional seven million Americans that contracted coronavirus, which is now going to be classified as a pre-existing condition. Oh, wow. And if you have, if they get rid of ACA and insurance companies can say, oh, you've had coronavirus, sorry, we don't know what that's going to do to your body. We're not going to insure you. Do people know that he's trying to do that? No. Huh. That's one, that's one thing that Biden should have said. And the second thing he should have said when Trump says, my rallies are fine, really tell that to Herman Cain. Mm -hmm. He's dead. He went to your rally in Tulsa. He died two weeks later. Is that the guy that was shot? Mm -mm. Uh, he's the African-American gentleman who ran oh. for president in 2016. The, the pizza guy from, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, I don't know all the pizza chains, but I don't, I don't even remember the name of the pizza chain now. Made his millions off that, but he went to the Tulsa rally, allegedly got the coronavirus there, died two weeks later. Wow. So yeah, I just, I avoid indoor places. You know, six feet apart, I feel a little more comfortable but everywhere I go in public, I wear a mask just because I want to protect you and I want to protect myself. That's a dying way of thinking, I feel right now. It really seems like people, I don't know if, I think everyone's just tired of get, being locked down. I, well, we're not locked down. That, true. As, as not I now. said, certain countries had the uh, military on the streets mm -hmm. with guns. And if you were out, they stopped you and said, what are you doing? We didn't have that. I, I had this argument with some friends of mine. You can go in your car anywhere. You can go to the grocery store. Uh, you can go over to the hardware store. You can get on your bicycle. You can take your dog for a walk. You can go to the beach. You can even play basketball right now. So it's not locked down. I like to think it's more as we should probably continue to shelter in place as much as possible. Just avoid indoor stuff right now. I, I, nobody likes this, myself included. But it's uh, Biden tried to say the other night, we cannot get the economy going again until we get the virus under control, which is very accurate. I do worry that... When he said that, I do worry that that will hurt his campaign, though, because I feel like because so many people are just done with it. They just I, want it to all be get rid of the masks, get rid of the outdoor seating, just let people, which is crazy when you think about it, because people that. are dying. But, I mean, the mortality rate is, I mean, you can see it from either side, but we need someone to come out and just say, this is this is what it's got to be for a little bit. For the world. It's not us. It's the world. That's the other thing. Yeah, everybody's struggling with it. Everyone I mean, keeps thinking that you know, the China virus came to America to stop the Trump campaign. The China virus hit the world. We're one of many, well, every, there's 200 plus countries that have the virus. So yeah. anyone who says that, you know, China tried to stop Trump, I'm looking, I'm rolling my eyes going, really, tell that to India, Mexico, Russia, Great Britain, France, 
Germany. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Name the country. Every country has it. And yeah. every country is going through what we are. With varying levels of success. Yeah. True. I mean, I don't think, I think India is still pretty well locked down right now. They've got a huge population that lives very tight quarters. Yeah, which is exactly what you don't want for a virus like that's, this. Well, the virus loves that. Yeah. So, I mean, the virus has one thing to do, and that's replicate. That's all it does. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we should try to be a little more stringent with our protocols right now? I, I think the people that are who believe in science are doing that themselves. Mm -hmm. I, I worry that some people get their news from a certain source that's not telling them the scientific like truth. Media. Well, allegedly, a third of the people get their news from Facebook, which is frightening. That's yeah. Um, and then you have another twenty percent of the people out there who are glued into Fox News, and unless they're giving you accurate information, or in Facebook they're giving you just flat out propaganda or incomplete under crap, I feel bad for these people. Do you feel like you're more prepared than most? Because I'm assuming you've had to do some digging for the articles well, that you've written and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, yes and no. I mean, I read, I read any, I read L.A. Times, Washington Post. Excuse me a second. <laughs> gotta love I that thought thing. there was a cat in here for no, a second. I was it like, was. That's what I was saying. Is, uh, gotta call you back. Um, uh, New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, Times Standard, uh, Lost Coast Outpost. I mean, that's my daily reading for probably a half hour every morning. Just catch what's going on out there. Do you read any right wing stuff? Um, I read everything, actually. I read okay. left wing and right wing stuff. Yeah. So actually, I'll read the Fox News feeds, um, I'll read stuff from Ethan Jacobian. So I kind of read all out there, but you know, I kind of, you roll your eyes when you, as a writer, I always say the biggest compliment I ever get is people say, God, I love your articles. Don't always agree with you, but I always read it. I says, well, thank you. Or someone will say, yeah, I didn't agree with you last week. And I said, but you read it. He goes, I always read you. I'm like, well, thank you very much. Because there's certain people like you read Ann Coulter and I kind of roll my eyes and go, okay, I know what she's going to say before she even writes it type thing. Or your certain interviews, you know, Ted Cruz is on Fox News. I'll roll my eyes and go, oh, God, I know what he's going to say. So I, I wish certain people would just give more of the facts out there versus their propaganda opinions. Well, propaganda sells. That's it, the problem. That's why Fox News is the number one cable news network by far. Are they number one? Number one by far. Wow. Highest profitability by far. Wow. That's incredible. Well, nobody... I mean, doing that, hearing you say that, like, it takes time to do that. You you have to take a legitimate piece of your day to actually read information that you know might upset you because it's not coming from a source that you like. And most people don't want to do that. Right. Once again, it's through the kaleidoscope. We want to yeah. read what we, we want to read that something that's confirmation bias, I call it. Exactly. We want to read something that's going to confirm our opinion on X, whatever X is. Has it been harder as a writer with the fake news? sentiment that's gone out do you find that more people are trying to push um, back not so much here on the local level i would say definitely on the national level mm -hmm. i mean just the latest thing is now according to fake news is joe biden gave the coronavirus to trump during the debate they're, wow. actually, they're actually proposing that out there on right-wing things and if you get wow. on facebook and uh twitter I'm like what are you on twitter oh yeah I can't do it. It's too much. It's just it's too information much overload. Yeah, I mean, you could sit there literally twenty four hours a day because there's just someone else's. If you follow a hundred people, two hundred people that you kind of like, and you're just gonna get lost. It's it's bombardment. So you kind of can look at okay, I haven't looked at it in four hours. What's the highlight articles? Okay, well, there's new articles. They usually link to the New York Times. They usually link to the Washington Post, the LA Times. So 
hopefully they're coming through, hey, did you see this article here? This just happened type thing. Just like, to keep up to date. Yeah, like last night, right before I went to bed, I just, you know, checked my Twitter feed and went, oh my God, the president has tested positive for coronavirus along with the first lady. That, that's horrible. Because we kind of heard about Hope Picks earlier in the day. And all of a sudden this comes out and you're like, oh, that's going to change things. I mean, effectively, he's on a 14-day lockdown. Do you think he's going to listen to that? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Nor will his supporters. But now they're thinking, okay, this thing's real. I was just in a fundraiser with him in an enclosed room of 500 people with no mask on. Was that the smartest thing? And if I got sick, could I affect my spouse, my children, my coworkers, my neighbors? Do you think that's what they're thinking? In the back of the brain, now that he got it, yes. But it, because I could see it, if he gets over it by uh, some miracle in like just three days saying, and it's just fine and if he's around, asymptomatic, I think it'll be more it'll dangerous. Be worse. Yeah. Because yeah, people that. are going to see that and be like, oh, this disease. Hey, 74 is years old and obese and it didn't affect him at all. Why should I wear a mask? Yeah, this guy eats McDonald's like every day. Yeah, I want to, you know. And he beats it? I would love, I'm a football fan. There's nothing more I'd like to do is go get a beer and watch a football game just surrounded by my friends. Love that. I mean, that's just my thing every year. Not this year. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I got to watch uh, NFL with cardboard get people in the stadium with a piped-in crowd noise. Which is so... And they pan away, and the stadium's empty, and you're like, what What is heck? happening right now? Like, yeah, literally. But it's crazy when you take... When you actually look around, and you're like, what? What are we doing? The NFL's so big and so much money that they tried to do, similar to what baseball tried to do, let's try to save the season, what NBA's trying to do. Let's, you know, a handful of teams are going to make the playoffs. There's going to be cardboard people in the stadium, and that's it. Well, it's all cash flow. Those it's, are cash flow businesses. It's huge money. And right now, I mean, take Disney. I think Disney's still closed down south, but in Florida, they're open. And Disney just laid off 28,000 employees yesterday. Did they really? Yeah. Yikes. Uh, the airlines are hanging on by their fingernails. Would you fly on a plane right now? I flew, actually, I flew kind of towards the peak a little bit, like a few months, I flew like in March, I okay. flew and it freaked me out because somebody tested positive for one of the flights that I was on and I had to quarantine for oh, two weeks God, and it was yeah. like, that was back when I was like, oh, people are going to die. Like this is, right. this is serious. Like way more people are going to die. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to come back and people were going to be boarded up and it was going to be chaotic. So I'm Matthew Owen, and I'm here with Nick Flores on his podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm going to put a little intro you gotta do for the you tagline the there. Yeah. One of my Rotarians used to do uh, Major League Baseball announcing, and he said every five minutes you had to say who you were, what the teams were, and what the score was. Oh, really? Just every five minutes. Because if people are tuning in the radio, they want to know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, radio is a little different, huh? Because people are it's, – it's long form, but it's different. I mean, this, most people, I feel like if you're listening, you just kind of listen all the way through, or at least that's kind of the perception that I've got from it, but. So let me ask you, Nick, how old are you? I'm 22. 22. Are you registered to vote? Yes. I love that. Yes. I'm still encountering kids who are 18 years old or going to be 18 by the election who are not registered to vote. We need to do a better job at our high schools getting them registered to vote at high school. So if you're 17 now, but you turn 18 on November 2nd. Legally, you can go register to vote because on November 3rd, election day, you'll be 18 years old. We need to do that. Have you heard about, I think it's a bill going up in San Francisco 
where they want to make it legal for 16 and 17 year olds to vote? Haven't heard that, but we have one of the propositions on the ballots. If you're 17 during the primary back in June, mm-hmm. or excuse me, it's March now. If you're 17 in June, but you'll be 18 by the election that you can vote in the primary. I forget which proposition Do you think that is. that's a good idea? No. Not right. me, I'm voting against it, me personally, because I think you should be 18 years old to vote. That's what I think. I mean, I, I literally turned 18 in college at my dorms, and two months later or six weeks later, I think it was, it was my first vote, and I have not missed an election since. Wow. I mean, I don't care if it's a special election, if it's a prime. We had a primary here a year or so ago. I had one thing on the ballot. And we're looking at it going, that's it? I can't, but I'm voting because that's what I do. Yeah, not a lot Not a lot of people feel that way. I know a lot of people who are my age and a little bit older that are just like, I'm not, I'm not voting. I just don't know who to vote for. I think they're both bad. Like, I don't know what to do. And then I hear them say, well, yeah, 16 and 17-year-olds should be allowed to vote. That's, an, like, that, that's an easy answer for your age group. Yes. Are you 26 or under? And if the answer is yes, do you appreciate having health insurance under your parents' plan? Because if you lose the Affordable Care Act, that's gone. Now try to be 24 years old and go purchase your own health plan. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I can do that's it. That's my point. Uh, in October 2012, we took five people from Humboldt County and went and campaigned in Clark County, Nevada for Obama's reelection. And they, they gave us a little pitch. First off, they couldn't believe we were volunteers because like any other campaign, they're begging for people to help out. And here are just five people come in to help. And then we kind of knew what we we're doing because I'd done a lot before and my daughter had been with me and we had some fairly intelligent people. And then we picked it up real quick and they gave us this little training thing. And as soon as we walked out the door, I said, forget everything they told you. If they're 26 and under, ask them where they get their health insurance because that's under the Affordable Care Act by President Obama. If it's a female, ask, do you like to make decisions for your own body? Because if the Republicans get in and get at the Supreme Court, they may take away Roe v. Wade. Just if, if you literally, if a woman's 45 years or younger, ask them that question. So whatever they taught you is fair because you have a half second when the door opens, you have to figure out who your target audience is. Why do you think Biden isn't leaning into that as much? Into which part? Into both. I mean, he's not, he's kind of lying low on the Supreme Court thing. He did go after Trump a little bit for backing the courts, kind of. But I, if I were him, I'd go after him and see what could happen to half the voters out there, women. If I'm a woman right now and they're talking about Roe v. Wade, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life to me, it's or you want to do you want to make decisions for your own body. If you're a man, do you want to be able to get a tattoo if you want one, or do you want someone else telling you whether or not you can have a tattoo? Can you get a piercing, or should someone tell you what you can do with your body? It's a personal choice to me. It should be. That's the way I feel. Whether you're male or female, it's just it's once you hit 18, it's your personal choice. You're an adult. You should be able to decide what you do with your body. But for some reason, I mean, amongst a group of conservatives, I'm not sure how if it's the majority or the minority that holds that view, is that it's not up to you. That human life is inherently worth more than not, I guess. If they care so much about it, why don't they care about human life during coronavirus? Or why don't they care about orphans and... I always say to someone, if you care so much about the unborn babies, how many kids have you adopted? How many kids have you taken in as foster children? I usually get yelled at at that point because no one wants to deal with the fact that, oh, I say I care about life, but I really do nothing about it. Nobody likes it when you point out that they're being hypocritical. (laughs) Thank you. People, for some reason, seem to get mad with that. On both sides. Oh, yeah. I get that. Yeah. And that's part of what you were asking me earlier about my writing. And that's part of the reason why the far left and far right sometimes dislikes me intensely. Because I point out the hypocrisy at both their sides. Which not a lot of people do. 
True. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so extreme on both sides is because you have people in the middle that are just along for the ride and just kind of waiting. And you, you hear it all the time, the silent majority that just goes along and then... See, I, I believe vote. that 60% of people in the middle, and then you've got 20% on the extremes on both left and right. But the vast majority of people, whether you lean left or you lean right, the vast majority of people are in the middle. Most of the people look at both sides, not the 20% on either side. They're right, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, 60 sounds a little bit better. But how how do you influence that 60% when the 20% is so much louder and they're way more active and they're way more engaged? Uh, one, you vote. Yeah. Most important thing. Two, you deal with facts and the truth. That's the number one thing you can come out with. Um, you find a lot of people, one thing the Republicans do very effectively, people don't vote on facts and truth. People vote on emotion. Which is a way better way to get them to go out and actually vote. And that's what Fox News is there for. It's to hype up your emotion. It's to get you angry about what was the latest thing Fox News is doing. Look at all these riots. They're no longer protests. Now they're riots. They're now burning down your city. They're coming to a city near you. So they based on a little bit of fact, blow it out of proportion, and try to scare the crap out of the 72-year-old grandfather you have there. Well, CNN's no better in the opposite direction. They're saying that these protests aren't protests, that they're just they're peaceful, that well, it's just people gathering and they just want to make change. And, and what CNN didn't point out, that probably 90% of these were, but CNN needed to get an interview the 10% of the radicals who are just sit there to do, create mayhem. Well, if there's one radical in your group, your group is now radical. Like that's just if... That's my point. Yeah, if you go out and one person burns a building, but you were all there, you're all a part of it now. It's not like you can just separate yourself and say, yeah, we were there, but that's that's not us. Right. No, that's you that, now. That makes it tough. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. But like we're talking about hypocrisy, nobody's calling out both sides. They're either agreeing with their side and calling it out for the other side and saying, this is ridiculous, or vice versa for well, the other side. I, I think Biden came out and said, I agree with peaceful protests. It's in the Constitution. You have the perfect right to do that. As soon as you go to violence, as soon as you go to mayhem, burning, looting, rioting, you lost me. I'm not there. Which is how it should be. That's like that's a completely reasonable be. answer to have. And that Biden has said that. So, but I think he needs to say that stronger. Yes. That I'm I'm all for peaceful protest. Uh, during the recent uh, George Floyd protest here in Eureka, I gave kudos to our local law enforcement officials. If you follow the history of Humboldt County and Eureka going back 20, 30 years, they had some hard charging officers whose first move was take out your baton and beat on people. Mm -hmm. Today, they understand they're, they're part of the community and it's much better PR-wise to control a crowd rather than fight a crowd. And I, I, I give our police chief and our Humboldt County Sheriff a great job for doing that. Back, if you went back to 1980, um, may have been a different outcome here locally. But I think they understand we need to control crowd, keep them off the freeways, keep traffic moving, and you can have all the peaceful protests you want. Matter of fact, they led the protest. They stood up on a stage with their megaphones asking people to come forward and talk. I really respect what they did. It could have been a, a lot worse like other cities. So, And we didn't have I, – I don't know of any damage done. I mean, allegedly some cars got rocks thrown at them or scratched, but compared to what went on in Portland uh, – Oh, completely different. Minnesota, it was just – Radically yeah. different. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, the first few days of the riots in LA, it was just a free-for-all. So th they did a hell of a job here locally. Are you worried about what 
it will look like if you do win in November and you get on the council? Are you worried about what it's going to look like involving the police where their budget's going to be cut so heavily? I'm glad to get to that. Uh, there's a measure on the ballot here locally called Measure H in Eureka. Uh, right now, Eureka sales tax is at 8.5%. However, this December 31st, they lose a 0.5 or 1.5% sales tax, taking it down to 8. If that goes to effect, if Measure H does not pass, you're probably looking at a 20% cut in city services across the board. The joke, Over that half a percent. Uh, half percent. The joke I've gotten from various people is, why the hell would you want to be on city council? If you lose that half percent, you're toast because the union's going to hate you, the employees are going to hate you, the citizens are going to hate you. You got a polyton on your street? Sorry, you better go buy something at the hardware store and fix it yourself. Oh, you dialed 911? We'll try to get there in an hour or two. Sorry, we don't have enough police officers on the streets. Oh, you have some sort of emergency? Sorry, we don't have any ambulance we can send for you. I mean, it's, they basically said sewers, water, everything is going to get cut. Uh, on the other hand, Measure H will give you a 1.25% tax, bringing you up to nine and a quarter. With that, we can actually fix the streets, fully funded law enforcement, fully funded fire. Uh, the parks can actually get the grass mode. You might even have what they call the nets on the hoops at the basketball courts, all those little things that we kind of take for granted. But when they're gone, you're like, oh, man, that's, that's bad. But how are you – how are you personally – how are you – are you struggling at all with trying to justify that when – I mean people are going to be hurting when this – when and if this ends. And right. A one and a half tax increase. 1.25. One point, one and a quarter. One and a quarter up to increase. It's at eight and a half now. Yeah, but how do you justify, I mean, one the, and a quarter simple is justify, insane. It, it's about 40 cents for the average purchase. Mm -hmm. That's non-grocery, non non-pharmaceutical. So would I pay 40 cents more every time I go purchase something around town to make sure I've got fully funded law enforcement, fire department, uh, my, my streets are being paved, my water's clean, and my sewers work? Yeah. I mean, t you take those things away and you want to watch people scream. Have you, I wouldn't imagine you've seen the budget. Have you dug into the budget from the council at all? Yeah, a little. Okay. Are there, because I mean, nine and a quarter seems, obviously, because I'm 22 and tax just in Wait general. Wait you buy a car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but nine and a quarter seems insane. I mean, it seems like we could cut that down in some way and make it more efficient and still be able to have a well-funded police department and still have these... That's how most cities get their tax from sales tax. The counties get most of their tax from property tax. Mm -hmm. So uh, for most cities across the nation, they rely on sales tax. Um, although it seems like a lot, like I said, it's typically in the average purchase is an extra 40 cents. And are you okay spending a quarter here, 40 cents there to get services? Um, Governor Schwar Schwarzenegger said it best when he left office. Everyone loves the services governments provide. Just nobody wants to pay for them. Oh, absolutely. We all want to go to our national parks. We all want to, when we dial 911, we want to make sure law enforcement or an ambulance shows up. We want to know when we flush that toilet, it actually works, and then we hit the faucet, it's clean water coming out. But nobody wants to pay for all that. So it's yeah. always a problem. That's a good point. I mean, take Flint, Michigan. They still don't have clean water. Or take food for people when they have the sewer back up. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine hitting a button and sewer comes up through your toilet? You'd have people, they would be rioting on the streets. So with that one and a quarter increase... Up to nine and a quarter. Correct. The police is funded. That fully one million funded. deficit is gone. Yes. Fully funded police, fire, roads get paved. Um, That's a big issue. Parks get their lawns mowed. You try to go to a park when the grass is, you know, not ankle high, but a shin high, you're going to get a lot of people kind of going, the hell's no, going not good on? No, it's not good here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, 
I mean, 40 cents sounds great, but I also recognize that there are people that are going to be hurting, you know? Oh. So I don't know. It, it is a regressive tax. Yeah. The lower my income, that, that extra 40 cents. Is going to sting. It, yeah. If I'm on just Social Security, I'm making $986 a month on Social Security Disability. That 40 cents is going to, every time I go buy something, that 40 cents, you know, adds up over the month. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're an average person out there making 40000 a year, that's not as bad. Yes. Yeah, it's all circumstantial. It's relative. It's really just going to depend on what it looks like when this is over. I mean, how many businesses are going to close? How many people are going to lose their jobs? I feel like we're just in a gray period right now. I feel like people are. are still spending money because most people don't have a good relationship with their finances. And so spending is staying where it was. But right. money coming in might not be there next week or the week after, if it's even there now. Well, I think the federal government did a great thing when they did the $600 a week supplemental. There was a lot of people, especially at the lower end of the pay spectrum, were making money for the first time in life because they were effectively making 52000 a year, half of that tax-free, because they had 600 from the state weekly, 600 from the feds weekly. And the federal part was tax-free. So they're making $1,200 a week by not working. Yeah, but are they saving that? Well... I don't know. Uh, That's the thing, right? A lot of people had money in the pocket for the first time and they went out, you know, wow, I don't have to worry about it. It's the end of the month and I've got 12 bucks to get me through the last 10 days. So now they're going, wow, I got, you know, $300 to get me through the last 10 days. I might be okay. Or I can afford a pair of new pair of shoes or gosh, I can go out and get a burger for the family. It's, they had money in the pocket for the first time for a lot of people. I just, in my, my business, I deal with a lot of people across all income spectrums and a lot of people there who are laid off, especially at the lower end of the spectrum, they were enjoying those few months there. Oh, I bet. I mean, if it's just getting free money, that's well, great. Part of, it was, like part of it was childcare. So they got to stay home with the kids because childcare has just been a, that was probably the worst thing that's happened with COVID with kids not going to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are daycares even open that. now? A couple of them. But it's, but you know, the important thing is, you know, the parents are supposed to stay home and do Zoom with their kids for classes. Plus. Right. Well, how am I supposed to do my full-time job that's 10 hours a day plus Zoom with the kids six hours a day? Yeah. It just... I couldn't imagine. That, nor can most parents, especially if you're a single parent. Yeah. It and you're was, just trying to get by. <laughs> and now you've got your kid that's home and you're like, I can't even go to work because if you can even go to work. Or they're trying to work from home while the kid's Zooming and you're each on their own Wi-Fi doing the computer thing. It's, it's just crashing. Been, it's, it's chaotic. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. It's It's challenging. I don't think... I don't think that's going to change soon. I think like EHS, I think local schools, I, I don't see them opening up come next semester. I think we're in this for the long haul. I think we're in this till we have a vaccine that's distributed to 330 million Americans, an effective vaccine. But have you heard the sentiment that most people don't want the vaccine? Well, you have the anti-vaxxers out there. I think part of the problem is right now there's a big percentage of the population doesn't trust anything that comes out of the White House. Yeah. They literally just don't believe it. Just because it's attached to Trump. He'll say anything. And at a certain point, if you've ever been around a pathological liar before in your life, you just kind of roll your eyes and go, yeah, whatever. Okay. He tells you a story. And next time he tells it, the story's changed. And the next time the story's changed and you kind of go, oh, this guy's one of those people. I think there's probably over half the population looks at the White House and says, don't believe a thing the guy says. Nothing. Yeah. Well, then how do you get anything? I agree. I completely agree. Which is why we're in this limbo state right now and we can't get anything done because I mean the hydroxychloroquine thing. <laughs> like you can't even you can't even bring that up or you're just an automatic trumper. Like just because he brought it up, now we have to discredit it. Right. It's been proven that it does help some people. But I, no, you can't say that. I just inject bleach. It comes out to be a lot easier. Let's I mean 
he doesn't make it easier for, for himself. Because how do you go from saying that to then going to, you know, hydroxychloroquine, it's working, it's proven to be effective, we should start getting that and helping people, but nobody wants to take it now because you said inject bleach 30 seconds before you talked about hydroxychloroquine. Right. And the medical experts said, no, there's no actual benefit to hydroxychloroquine. So why would it? I mean, I believe Dr. Fauci a lot more than I do President Trump. I want to believe Fauci. I believe him on some things. But when he told people, you know, you don't need a mask. He's changed that since March. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The whole world's changed since March. Yes. Uh, people were flying back in March. Yeah, but he said he changed it because he recognized that there was going to be a significant demand for PPE and they right. needed it for doctors. And all, well, I also think no one realized how bad this thing was going to be. I mean, it's like the, the Spanish flu of 1918 when it's highly communicable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you do. You have to tell the population what you need to do to protect yourselves and your family. And if they don't do it from there, I mean, 1918, you were arrested if you didn't wear a mask. So, And the second wave was... Worse way than worse. The first. Yeah, right. way worse. Because back in then they said the same thing. Oh, we want to open things up again. Yeah, the human attention span is so small. So this last week, the county of Humboldt gave the local bars the ability to reopen outside. They're supposed to do parking lot, uh, street, something, patio uh, bars, whatever. So you follow me now? Except a lot of bars. Didn't they just open up inside? And I went to a local bar and walked in, and it was eleven thirty in the morning, two thirds full of primarily people in their seventies drinking, shoulder to shoulder with no masks on. Oh man! And I just and they said, "Hey, you want to come in? We're, we're serving." I just kind of went. I didn't want to say what I wanted to say. There's no way in hell I'm going into this COVID party. But no, I just. But they're back there because exactly what you said. We want to get on with our life. Let me ask you, if you're out at a cove and you saw a giant dorsal fin sticking out of the water three feet, would you go surfing or swimming there? Yeah, I'm going to take a pass on that That's one. That's kind of what I'm trying to say when yeah. people are indoors, shoulder to shoulder with no mask on. I think I'm going to take a pass on that one. But how do you get a majority of the population to feel that way? Well, this is what going back to the thing about President Trump. I think they're going to realize, if my God, if the President of the United States can get it, and no one has better medical. I mean, he's surrounded by medical people, allegedly was being tested twice a day. But then again, he was doing bad behaviors. He kept doing indoor rallies. That After the Tulsa debacle, he couldn't get it out because to him, it was more important to be have people there cheering him on than say, hey, I don't care if you die as long as you're cheering me on. But somewhere along the way, and this is why we're most of us are careful as you have to worry about the virus doesn't care what political party you are. The virus doesn't care how much money you make. It just wants to reproduce. So if you're going to go sit shoulder to shoulder in an indoor event and yell and scream for the president, to me, that's a prime super spreader event. And I think it made, uh, the, the worst thing was the, um, the chief Supreme Court justice they just nominated. Uh, they had a big thing on the, uh, the, the lawn there at the White House where hundreds of people there, 95% of them didn't have masks on sitting shoulder to shoulder. And now they've identified at least three people from there. The president of Notre Dame University has come down with coronavirus. He was just there because the uh, Supreme Court justice was a graduate of Notre Dame Law School. Wow. But I heard that she had symptoms. The the chief justice? Yeah. Amy, Amy Cohen Barrett? Yeah. I love I the name. That she was showing. Not Comey. Coney. Cohen. I thought it was Coney. Oh, is it Coney? Coney. Oh, very well could be. Because yeah, I always think of James Comey. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. Coney okay. Barrett. I haven't heard that yet, so. Yeah. I think if he, 
if he gets it and dies, or if Melania dies, I think that will wake a lot of people up. But I'm I really am worried about what will happen if he if he's fine. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, that will be. I mean, I don't want. I don't wish ill will on anybody. Yes, exactly. But, you don't want anything bad to happen. But if he beats it in three days, I think it's going to be really bad because people are really going to be like, "We got to just." You'll have a third of the country rioting to open things up tomorrow. Let's, yeah. let's have football games. Let's have a picnics at the park. I want to go to concerts. I want to go to drag racing. I want to go to open it. I want to go to a bar. The main thing people want burgers and beers. Yeah. Well, More they want to see else. their friends. I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah, we are very we're, we're social animals. Yes, and it's hard sitting here six feet across from you. You each have a beer. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Yeah, Fine. nobody wants Bye, to do Bob. that. Hey, I'll stay over here. Yeah, you want to be right next to him. Yeah, yeah, but you can't do that right yeah, now. You can't do that now. And you you haven't been able to do that for eight months, six six plus. Yeah, six What's plus worse months? is my single friends. Oh, I bet they're just like I, I've heard so many stories where um. Uh, Friends of mine have their adult children moving back to home because COVID hit and they got wiped out in the job market because they're typically entry-level jobs. Yeah. And they moved back to mom and dad. Mom and dad said, hey, this is COVID. You know, we're under protocol. So you can't just hang out with your buddies. You can't have strangers over and you can't go over to strangers' houses and you can't have the women over. Nobody likes to hear that. Yeah. And the kid's like, but mom, I'm 25. You know, I'm a young stud. I got to go out there and get a new girlfriend every week. No, that's not happening right now. Yeah. And everybody's home. Yeah. That's the crazy part too. Everybody's back. So it's like, well, why don't we just go? Let's just go eat real quick. It'll be fine. We're going to be okay. We're young. Well, now they, isn't it, it's affecting more young people. It's like 20 to 26 now. Uh, light, latest stats I heard from the County of Humboldt that, don't quote me on this. I want to say 43% of the people are under the age of 29 that have been tested positive. Yeah. 29 or younger. That should be alarming. If I was 29 or younger, I would think about my lifestyle. I get it. We're, once again, we're social animals, especially when you're younger. Yeah. You want to hang around your friends and go out and do sports and go for bike rides and go, you know, surfing on the beach and all the stuff that we kind of want. Now we're going to take a little break from that for a while. Yeah, it's hard. I recognize it. And I recognize that it's hard because the mortality rate is low. And so you look it at is. it and you're like, it's not that big of a deal. And then you go out and then somebody gets sick and then it's like, okay. And then you talk to the people who have contracted it and what they've gone through. It does not sound fun. Sounds like it's a really rough yeah, time. And it affects everybody different. You can be 19 years old and perfectly healthy and it can kill you. Then again, you could be 40 years old and perfectly healthy. Next thing you know, you got a ventilator down your throat for three weeks. Do you know anybody personally that's at it? Um, yes. Uh, oh, really? A friend of mine here locally, his mother just died from it. Oh, wow. So I can now say, yes, I know. Well, uh, I know someone else who got it, but once again, was had some symptoms for about a week. Like the typical person, they had symptoms for about a week and then got over it. Mm -hmm. But recently I had a friend of mine's mother just died a few days ago. Oh, man. So it, it's starting, the numbers are keeping, I mean, we're at seven and a half million Americans have gotten this so far. The numbers I checked today, I think 215,000 dead. We're talking we have a, uh, a wall in uh, Washington, D.C. for the Vietnam War, which took place over 20-plus you know, years. 58,000 Americans died. Well, we hit that in a few months here. We're at 215,000, but they're not going to build a wall for these people. Yeah. So back then in Vietnam, everyone knew someone who went to Vietnam, and everyone knew someone who died in Vietnam. Every town had some kid who died in Vietnam. 
We had an arcade kid and made Life magazine here back in 1968. Was oh, killed. wow. They did a thing of, uh, if you look up the uh, Life magazine, they did a thing of a week of the deaths. It was like 105 Americans died in a week. And one of the kids was a young kid from Arcata High School. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. When the library opens again, you can go look it up. Is the library closed? <laughs> um, I, the county library? Yeah, I think they're doing curbside service. You can get books, they'll bring them out to you, and you can drop them off, but you can't go inside because they don't want crowds inside. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know. I really I really don't know. And the problem is nobody knows, but everybody's trying to act like they do know. You're absolutely correct. And when Fauci says, I have no clue. And uh, what's his, uh, Dr. Is it Rosenfeld from the CDC? And then who's Scarflay, uh, Dr. Bricks? When those three top medical people shrug their shoulders and go, yeah, we don't know yet. It's a work in progress. No vaccine yet. Uh, please do safe protocols, and uh, we're going to get through this. It's, it's going to be, you know, uh, there was a thing with the L.A. County health officer back in when they wanted to reopen things in May. She's like, no, 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 we need to keep things locked down through Christmas. And the politicians freaked out and said, you cannot tell the people that. She's but it's the truth. We don't know what's going on. We have to keep it we're going to give them a month or two and then another month or two. And then because if you told them we're going to lock things down for seven months – people would have freaked out. Yeah. People are freaking out now. But They're saying that we might not ever return to normal, whatever normal was, but especially not before spring of 21, which nobody wants to hear that. I have, uh, I'm in the Rotary Club of Eureka and we just had State Senator Mike McGuire as our speaker this last week. Oh, wow. He's saying from Sacramento, the, uh, the internal economists are predicting California is going to be in a re recession for two to three years. That means Jesus. negative growth rate for two to three years with high unemployment. Like, like you're saying, it's not going to be a few months. He said two to three years. The travel industry still, the travel industry is a huge percentage of uh, airlines, cruise lines. Would you get on a bus now? I mean, all these things are just, they're gone. They've just been decimated. And hotels, they're downed radically. On the average city, the hotel's down two thirds from what it was a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at the restaurant and bars are 10% of our employees out there. Now, some restaurants, the weird thing is some restaurants have figured out how to do this and they're actually making more money because they've hired less employees. They don't have to hire as many uh, waiters and busboys, or excuse me, busboys and dishwashers because they're just doing to-go food, you know, cooks, put in a box Yeah, that makes go. sense. So it, it depends on who your restaurant is. If they had a clientele, they're doing okay. Yeah. But a lot of other restaurants who had to, didn't have that big thing or couldn't transition to the takeout thing or uh, the other thing that helped them was when they allowed them to serve alcohol. That kept a lot yeah, of restaurants increased. floating. increased. Alcohol consumption increased even uh, with the bars closed. It, it's booming. That's... <laughs> alcohol and cannabis. Oh, yeah. What is your take on the cannabis industry? Funny you mentioned that. Just this morning, I was over doing a tour of Pop and Barclays down at the old Kmart on Broadway. Um my theory on that is whether or not you do cannabis, the people who are running a legal business, they're employing people, they're paying taxes, they're going through whatever, permitting fees. I mean, up on a the wall there, had all the different permits they had to go through, city, county, state, just to get to open up what they're doing now. And most of all these, what we call the good players, are doing everything they can to be good citizens here in our town. So um, although some people out there still think it's a drug, well, yeah, but so is alcohol and so are cigarettes. And so is your phone. <laughs> you really want to talk about drugs. So is your phone. Uh, that, that's true. Yeah. Nah. So uh, uh, the, uh, Papa and Barkley here locally is employing 80 people. Oh, wow. W-2 wages, pay stubs, everything. So 
they're a good player and there's many other people like that for them. So uh, yeah, I'm all in favor of it. Here's a little fact. Most of the commercial properties in downtown Old Town the last year and a half have been leased or purchased by the cannabis business. Most people don't know that because no one else has the capital. Uh, the old OH's townhouse is now a cannabis manufacturing place. Oh, really? The coffee shop across from Target it used to be a drive through coffee shop there. Yeah. That's now cannabis manufacturing. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But when you go through Old Town, downtown, there's businesses here, there, and everywhere that are all cannabis. Is there a lot of pushback from the city on that? No. No, no. Oh, that's great. Just the opposite. Because these people are going into old dilapidated buildings and fixing them up. Mm -hmm. They're doing everything to code. Um, the city's thing is great. Most other people, you can't go open up a, a, a dress shop or a shoe shop now and say, I don't know, here, I'm going to drop $5 million in on this thing. The, the money's not there, but with cannabis, the money's there with sales. Yeah. Well, it makes, it really makes sense for us because of where we are geographically. Like yeah. this is, it's like timber. Yeah. I mean, we have, we can provide this resource and people want to buy it. So why wouldn't you want to bolster the economy with Allegedly, that? Humboldt County has trees, and allegedly, Humboldt County has some cannabis farming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you mention that, or in an article, rather, that the city owns most of these lots that are vacant. Uh, vacant lots, yes, that's true. What Do you have any ideas on what you want to do with that? Oh, yeah. Should you get elected? <laughs> My goal is I'm out doing neighborhood canvassing going door to door talking to voters. And the number one pitch I say is the largest owner of vacant lots in the city of Eureka is the city of Eureka. Um, some of these are parking lots. Some are heavily utilized. Some are not. Uh, some of them are just dirt. Uh, across the street from Jack's, the foot of C Street, there's a big empty lot there. Well, for the last 15 years, the city's told us how they're going to develop that. Okay, so it's 15 years and it's still dirt. That's not bringing in a lot of jobs, not bringing in a lot of tax revenue, not bringing in a lot of housing. I think we could do better. So that's one prime example. Uh, there's other parking lots. Some are heavily utilized, like the parking lot behind Lost Coast uh, Brewery. That thing's packed all the time. There's another one across the street from Lost Coast Brewery next to uh, Rebel Capital Bank. That thing's packed all the time. We'll keep those as parking lots. That's the highest and best use is the parking lot. Mm -hmm. But there's some a couple blocks down that don't have as many cars. Like they're at maybe 10, 20% utilization. Well, why not turn that into an apartment complex? You can lease it out to a real estate group for $1 a year. And they're going to put up apartments. So that's going to help out there. Are you looking into any affordable housing? City's already doing that right now. Oh, are they really? Yeah, just for the record here, and this is why I'm the other thing I'm telling people going door to door. Danco's got the Veterans Project on 4th Street by a co-op. Yes. That's online now, and homeless veterans are moving in today as we speak. That is only for veterans though, right? Veterans yeah. and homeless veterans, yes. So it's it's already being occupied now. And it's also not just, no, let me take it back. It's not just veterans. It's also for low-income housing. So they have a mix of both. But oh, the, nice. So the big chunk of it's going to be homeless veterans. Uh, Danco right now, if you drive over the small bridge, he's got an 80-unit uh, building coming online for 80 families of low income and homeless families. That's coming online in the next month or two. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Uh, Danco's got a project on 7th and Myrtle. He's waiting to get his tax credits there to put in more low income housing there. Uh, and then what else? Oh, and then recently, the uh, if you remember the old budget motel on 4th and M, kind of a nasty place. The city condemned it, evicted everyone out. Yeah. A real estate group bought it. Some friends of mine, actually, I worked with them in the past. And they kind of got stuck in the middle. They couldn't find the right bid, and they just let it sit fallow for about a year and a half. It had weeds, graffiti. It was constantly being broken into. So I sat down with one of the principals and one of the city department heads and said, let's get this thing fixed. Well, what do we got to do? 
And the city said, we really want a general contractor. And they said, we want to do the work ourselves. So I said, why don't we find a general contractor, give you the budget you want, get it fixed up. And now it's called the Humboldt Inn. And just, I want to say a week and a half ago, St. Joe's Health just leased it out for 49 homeless people. Oh, wow. So we've probably done more for homeless here in Eureka in like the past few months than the past few years. So we're making progress is what I'm trying to say. That's good. We need that. It's desperately need that. Do you see it making a dent? I know it's pretty sh- pretty short right now. Yeah, to start. Well, let's get let's get the Humboldt Inn filled with forty nine homeless men off the streets. You'll find when people have a place to go and a place to sleep and a bathroom to use, they're not going to use the street for a bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's going to make a difference. I know you're going to say it's just forty nine, but that's that is a difference. The the homeless veterans project on Fourth Street is going to make a difference. The Danco project out somewhere with eighty families, that's going to make a difference. All these things start to add up, and that's the whole thing with housing. Uh, the joke here in town, if you put up an apartment complex at the end of the week, it's going to be filled. Whether it's four units or 12 units, it'll be filled within a week. There's just a huge demand for housing. Are they testing for drugs before you get access? I don't think so, but don't okay. quote, that's a county question. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You almost know. have to ask that nowadays. I, 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 off the top of my head, I want to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with housing first, they just put the people in housing and bring services there. Okay. The, the, the catch is you can't force someone to do something like that. Force them to stop using drugs. Right. I mean, heck, ten uh, percent of the people you know are alcoholics. Yeah. And you can't force them not to drink. Yeah, it's weird how we make that distinction on what we as a society view as okay and not okay it's in true. regards to drug use. Well, I think that the difference between the alcohols are you drinking and driving, or are you the smart alcoholic that drinks at home? Yeah. Yeah, is it corrupting your life or is it yeah. just... Yeah, how many people do you see in Las Coast Outpost? He's had his third, fourth, fifth drunk driving. You're like, oh my God, yeah. he's a menace to society. Speaking of which, I also heard that you want to bring in license plate scanners? Ah, license plate readers. License plate yeah. readers. So talk to me a little bit about that. What? That's a simple thing. Uh, at the, I, in talking to the police chief, said, you know, what do you guys need? Um, and here's a prime example. Uh what they want to do is bring in license plate readers. It's simply a computer that snaps every license plate on the bridges going in the north and south entrances to our town. What it does is if you have a person there, let's say you've got an Amber Alert, someone kidnapped a child, or you've got uh, recently uh, Tri-County's bank was robbed and they got a partial license plate of a white Ford pickup truck with license plate 49. Well, they can go through their computer and say, well, here's how all the white Ford pickup trucks that have 49 in them. You can program that into the computer and if you flash that thing, hey, we just got a hit on this truck that's an armed bank robber. Let's go after him. Or if you have a murder suspect or something. And what I want to say to people is that, well, I don't want Big Brother intruding on me, but you can actually target what you're looking for. I want this specific license plate of this specific suspected murder suspect. And it's pretty much going to be violent crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, this person just kidnapped a, a child. This person just raped somebody. And you could type in a specific license plate. Now, while it's taking pictures of thousands of cars, it's only looking for that one. So if the people who are armed bank robbers went by a bridge and we snapped a photo of them, hey, this car just went by here. Let's let Arcata PD know they're going north or Fortuna PD know they're going south. Have you gotten a lot of pushback from people for that? No. The simple reason, and I'll bring it up again, your cell phone. Your cell phone knows more about you than your spouse does. Literally, it follows you around the world. It knows every phone call you make. It knows every email you do, and it scans every text you make and follows every website you go to. Mm-hmm. So if people say, you know, I don't want Big Brother and, you know, invading my privacy, I always laugh at them and go, you got a cell phone? Yeah. So the Big Five are already doing that now. Yeah, but there is an argument to be made that 
the more you let in, the more it's just going to grow, right? So in in letting in the police, I mean that you sounds mean technology, technology, but systems like that because Las, whether Las Vegas does facial recognition. You walk in a casino, a pre-pandemic, they didn't want you to wear a mask because they wanted to know what your eye, they did a facial recognition of everyone. You go anywhere in England, there's cameras everywhere you go, literally everywhere in public. Yeah, but does that justify it? Just because it's been done? They use it as a deterrent on crime. Mm -hmm. If you work in a, a bank, in a casino, in a retail place, you probably know you have cameras on you. So you probably don't do stupid stuff because you know in the back of your brain, I got a camera on me. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we put cameras, we talked about this before. What happens if we put cameras up, you know, where the streetlights are in Old Town and Downtown? Would that affect your behavior there if you're a bad guy thinking about doing stupid stuff? Knowing you're on camera. Absolutely. Would that affect your behavior? Yeah. Okay. Well, I would argue probably not. They're still going to do stupid stuff. Oh, you think? Yeah. Most people are going to go, hold it. There's a camera up there. I probably shouldn't, you know, get in a fight with you or, you know, break your windshield to go after your purse that I could see in the front seat. Mm -hmm. Most of us wouldn't, but there are going to be other people that just do that. Oh, so that, that's the other thing. To me, that's the, sec that's the second line. When you're talking about license plate readers, when you can specifically look for us, this license plate, they're not going to be going after random people. I don't care if you have a you know unpaid parking ticket. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, but where does it go from there? I think because it could become it could become it could be. the an unpaid ticket, or maybe it could be you didn't pay your child support this month. It could be, and because they, can, they are these systems are looking for specific license plates. They can plates. track me down by my cell phone they to could. figure out. I mean, if they I'm going to well do that, could. I'd rather track the person down by their cell phone because they can pinpoint your geolocation. It's yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with that idea. I think it would be beneficial for the police. But I'm also, you know, because I'm 22 and I'm coming up in the technological era, I'm also very cognizant of decisions that we make now that roll back our privacy yep, in do. life and online. I'm a huge anti-online guy now because of all that. But I think I worry about where that could go because in order for them to identify your license plate, right. they're taking pictures of every license plate. Yeah. So then... They are. Theoretically, they would know who is in the city, yeah. who is not in the city. And that scares me on some level, not because I'm some conspiracy theorist or I have something to hide. But once that information is developed that way and they have that power, right. there's no rolling back power like that. I mean, we've seen that with the Patriot Act. Like right. things that are put in place to monitor people rarely ever go away once they're once they're there. Yeah, but they already do that now with your cell phones. Yes, but should we reach a point where we say, okay, it's too much. We There comes a point where privacy is more important than stopping a crime before it happens, after it happens. Like right. privacy we, for everybody is more important than the one person who commits the crime. Right. We can't go precog, if you remember that Tom Cruise film. No, I never saw it. Was it good? Yeah, it's okay. You know, they, they're going to predict future crimes and stop them before they oh, happen. Oh, like the Minority Report? Yeah. Okay. That one. You know, we, we, we can't do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not now. Not now. <laughs> but Who knows? Yeah. The, the, the question is, you know, and I, I keep arguing with your cell phones, we already do this. Yes. Um, like I said, many of the places snap pictures everywhere you go. If you go into a bank, they snap your picture. You go into a casino, they snap your picture. You go to most retail places, they've got a camera on you. Is that an invasion of your privacy? It's a public place. Uh, I would argue no. Mm -hmm. But y you're right. Could the police then ratchet down to say, hey, we're looking for everyone who's got you know, a speeding ticket out there that didn't show up to court? 
I, I think that's where we need to have uh, uh, your, your, your elected people to over, oversee the police saying, here's where we're going to draw the line, violent crime, this and above. Yeah. If you jaywalked, I don't care that we have to track you down and throw you in court. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we're there yet on that. Yeah. I just worry about the slope that it could become, where it starts out with a really good idea of, hey, this would be super effective for our local police department, and then where does it go from that? What do you think Facebook does? Yes. They follow your You're making great place. arguments. And then not only that, the infamous cookies. When you go from oh, website A to website B, you. they want to know where you're going. Yeah. But there is a there is an argument to be made that do we want to give that power to the police and to the government more so than it at least in my mind at least with Facebook the only justification I can kind of find is at least they're not afraid to tell the government no supposedly now who knows what actually happens but like with Apple they wouldn't unlock that terrorist phone back in the day right I think the FBI did crack it if I'm not mistaken but I think if people don't start standing up to the foundation of principles like that being set in place, then what are we going to look like in 20 years? Right. Where does that go? Just so you know, the Eureka Police Department currently has some of their vehicles equipped with license plate readers. Oh, they do? They do. Some. But it's on the vehicle. It's, it's not on, on the, the bridge. itself, right. Okay. The police chief is the one who told me he'd like to see him on the bridges coming in and out of our town. Just so if there's a guy out there who's got an all-points bulletin, there's a murder suspect on the loose. You can that, get him. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping more cities do something like this. I think we should use technology to help our police and law enforcement work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. What do you think about reform for the police department? Well, currently we have a citizens' oversight committee. Oh, um, do we really? We do. Nobody knows about it. Is that just it. for Eureka? Eureka has – I don't know about the other cities, but I can tell you the city of Eureka has one. Um, I think what they're trying to do is get more of the a rounded perspective of the community on there. Instead of being, you know, retired law enforcement and some business leaders on there, they want to have maybe a HSU student who's living in Eureka and maybe someone who's from a left-leaning social group be on there and maybe someone from one of the Hispanic groups on there that has a say. I, I think it's a great thing. You create a little more diversity. Diversity. For that. And as a matter of fact, the number one thing when we talked about in some of our political forums was people would say, we'd like to see more recruitment of people of color. Mm-hmm. I think your police department should reflect your society. Yeah. Yeah. If we have Hispanics well, here that, do who don't speak English, we better have Hispanic police officers who speak Spanish. Yeah. Just makes sense, right? Because older you're going to see if you've got a white guy going into a Hispanic home that doesn't speak English, you already got it. You're going to have an issue. Yeah, I'm a big proponent that that all that stems from more funding mm-hmm. and rebalancing the budget, of course, because I do think that there are yeah. some instances where police funding is not necessarily optimized. Right. But in order to get them, like CIT training and right. other trainings with mental health and yes. all this stuff, like that. Money for that doesn't just appear, right? And cutting their funding, you're going to make it harder for them to so get that training. I, why other people talked about defunding the police, I think I was the only local political candidate talked about increasing the funding to the police. Uh, exactly what you just said, and also I'd like to see a lot more social workers out in the streets. Uh, it, it's across this country right now. Every police department, law enforcement, sheriffs is dealing with twenty to twenty-five percent of their calls are for people with mental health issues and homeless. They all say, we're police officers. We're supposed to go out and catch the bad guys. These aren't bad people per se. These are people with mental health issues or drug and alcohol problems. That's not our job. 
why don't we have someone who's more of a social worker there with us to deal with? Because when you got a, you're a big cop with a badge and a gun, you don't want to take a mentally uh, unbalanced person that day and scare them even more. Yeah. Why don't we have a social worker walk up and talk to them in a soft voice? Yeah, I've heard social work being thrown around a lot. Too, this is across the country. Increased. I mean, yes. when you start yeah. reading other newspapers around the country, everybody's dealing with this. This isn't, this isn't a Eureka problem. Yeah. It's like, for whatever reason, people think that Eureka is the only town that has homeless. And I always laugh and go, really? You don't travel much, do you? Because try Sacramento, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles has got 30,000 homeless people living just six blocks from downtown LA. Well, California in general is just, it's 20% of the homeless populations in California. Wow. So, yeah, part of it too, and the worst thing we have here in Eureka is, and I say this to everyone going door to door because everyone complains about the homeless, so we're trying to tell them some of the good things that's happening. But we have our own uh, uh, natures working against us. We have woods all throughout Eureka. And where do the homeless want to go? They just want to be in the woods and be left alone. So when you, I'm comparing this to San Francisco when you're in a big high-rise city with cement. Yeah. You can actually, because when you're, I've been out walking near Cooper's, Cooper's Gulch recently and everyone just points there. There's a lot of homeless there. Yeah, I heard that five, 10 years ago. But we have woods. And the other thing we have is inclement weather. It's not 115 degrees here and it's not five below zero. Yeah, you can survive on the street. You can survive in the streets. Is that a pretty big issue? It sounds like you've talked to a lot of people. Is that a pretty big issue among most people? Yeah, I mean... It, <laughs> I feel like it's just that in drug use is like that's on yeah. I was gonna say radar. the second thing is needles. Yeah. So, what is your opinion on the needle program? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I just met with the new executive director of Hatcher yesterday. Uh, Lazara. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic, isn't yeah. she? Very nice. Um, I, I had her on the podcast. I, I I think she's got some really good ideas. Um, part of the issue, I think, um, first off, I'm in favor of harm reduction because it saves lives and it saves money. I was on a Zoom meeting with some medical professionals from St. Joe's Hospital, and they're saying, you know, while we don't condone drug use, the reality is a large people go into the emergency room are drug use people who are having massive medical emergencies because they have infections from sharing needles, they come down with hepatitis C, they come down with AIDS, or they're just overdosing and dying. So uh, while I, I'm not in favor of drug use at all, I am in favor of giving people clean needles. So if that's your thing, you're not going to get other people sick and end up in the emergency room because then you and I are going to end up paying the bill. Yeah. Um, I think the new executive director of Hatcher's got some good ideas where they're trying to do one-to-one -one needle exchange. I think she's saying she's trying to be more proactive in the community saying, we'll go out there. If you call us with a problem, we'll go out there and pick up and clean up needles. Because that's the number one complaint you hear is, you know, we found a bucket of needles down here by, they just did a cleanup a day or two ago where they said they found five buckets of needles. Oh, where at? Um, I don't know where. It's probably somewhere down near Broadway. Wow. If I remember correctly. Yeah, it's... It's, I mean, that's... It's bad. Yeah. Like hearing that, it's not... And, and the other comforting. thing she's saying is that we're offering drug rehab if that's what the person wants. Yes. Once again, you can't force someone into drug rehab, but they offer it to them. And I think that's important. Yeah. They, I can appreciate the sentiment because we should all be trying to help people. We should. And if it's proven, which that is proven for harm reduction. It's not necessarily proven for, you know, stopping drug use, which right, right. I think a lot of people go into it thinking that I know I did was that this program was designed to, you know, help pull these people out of it, which it's right. not, but it's, it's not. designed to make it safer safer which helps for them and other people yeah which helps stop like you spread like you said the spread of hep c and aids and all these other things and that infections come. yeah but the needles that community members are finding like that's 
Hard. It's, it's an issue. That's yeah. That's a real. Would we like problem. someone who's a drug addict to say, "Hey, pick your needle up and put it," you know, even like a plastic bottle. Yeah. Put it in there. Now put this inside your backpack and put ten more needles inside there. Yeah. That that would be great. Unfortunately, many of their brains aren't thinking that way. Yeah, they're not necessarily inclined to care about where the needle ends up. Right. For some, I did talk with Lazar, and she said, you know, they do get a lot of needles back. And she also mentioned that the county has a similar program, a needle exchange, which uh, they do. do they, they not call it get SEP. SEP. Uh, syringe exchange program. Okay. Plus do, the county set up basically needle boxes throughout the area. Those are the counties. Right, counties, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought those were hatchers. Those are the counties. Counties. Okay. But they're not as scrutinized for the program, are they? Because um, you always hear hatcher being brought up. I, I think it was some of the people in the past that worked there at Hatcher didn't realize it helps out to be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's good to have political allies on the city council and the city staff members working with you versus Again. pushing back on them and then creating enemies. I'd rather have allies than adversaries. It's a good approach, especially for politics. <laughs> Regardless of what you are. So that's the kind of thing and I think Larissa understands. It's better to have allies than adversaries. Absolutely. They just got... In some hot water, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Las Coast Outpost did a report of an undercover EPD sting where people were selling drugs on site. Oh, it was on site? Yeah. Wow. Unfortunately, when you have a thing that's needle exchange, guess what it attracts? Yes. And she she really does want to help and really does care. Right. Um, and as we were talking about it, she said that a lot of the people that work there, you know, have used drugs or mm-hmm. may use drugs. She doesn't or discriminate. Or maybe still do. Yes. Which that gets a little dicey because it how does. do you put something, a utensil in front of somebody that they use frequently right. and say, don't use this now. Right. Don't use this during this time frame. You're going to be here and around it, but you just you just can't use it. Like that's a hard thing for anyone to do. Most alcohol rehab centers are run by people who are f- recovering alcoholics, not alcoholics. Yeah. If he being be, recovering, yeah. yeah. It'd be hard there to have a guy, you know, break open his bottle of scotch yeah. while everyone else is. Hey, like, oh, you meeting. don't drink though. I'll drink this yeah. for the both of us. Yeah. And that, you just, you're going to stay sober. probably wouldn't work. Yeah. I appreciate the sentiment because yeah. I think that that could be very rehabilitating, but it can also go sideways, which I think yeah. is kind of what we're seeing right now with that. And I think she's working hard to build allies again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't envy that position because even if you do do something well, Public perception's oh, a killer. It, public perception. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. You, yeah, written articles. You're, if you win, you're going to be in the public eye for the council. And if I don't, I still write articles. Yeah, and you're what, still like out there. Winston Churchill says, "Oh, you have no enemies. You must not have any opinions in life." It's a very good quote. I have opinions, so guess what I have. <laughs> yeah. More so than that, it, you need informed opinions, right? Like, not enough people are willing to not speak on an issue that they are not informed about. Right. For I don't know if it's there's stigma in that or they just want to feel like they do know. But that's a real problem that a lot of us have. Well, we're going to get back into the propaganda again because going out door to door this last week, a gentleman stops me and says, you know, Joe Biden, they're going to probably have to carry him up there. The guy can't even stand. He's old and frail. And the guy's senile. It's obvious he's senile. And 10, 15 minutes with Trump and Joe Biden's going to leave. He's going to walk off the stage. I'm looking, I'm going... Where did you get this from? But we already know where he got it from. Yeah. Fox like, News. Really, they're telling you that and you believe them because they tell them that over and over and over. It's that conditioning and it gets people. It's really effective. Yeah, Goebbels says if you repeat a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. 
Yeah. So, and that's part of what, and I didn't want to say anything to the guy. I didn't want to, cause I, my first thing I wanted to call him up the next morning and say, listen, man, <laughs> we got to have a talk. Take a deep breath, let it go. But you know, yeah, he literally told it to me. He's, you know, he's going to just shake and leave the stage and that's that. I'm like, oh, okay. So you've been knocking on doors as part of your campaign then, oh, yeah. obviously. Are you hitting a lot of houses? I intend to hit 2,000 houses. Wow. Are a lot of your opponents doing that? Uh, I believe one other one is. I'm always surprised that that just kind of seems to have fallen out of practice. I don't know if no. it's just because of the pandemic. It's Well, that's part of the thing is the Republicans nationwide have been out knocking doors. And I gave credit, so it's just the Democrats that it, are slacking on well, that. Well, the Democrats, you can't win it. Well, most people can't win a campaign from your basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Joe Biden's going to be the exception, but even the Democrats nationwide this last week have said, okay, we got to turn this up a little because yeah, the Republicans are knocking doors and are having conversations with voters. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple thing. You put up a door hanger, you knock on the door, you stand six feet back, you got a mask on. And then we always joke, don't cough or sneeze while you're talking to them. So yeah, but vast majority of people come to the door and talk. Some people wear masks, some don't, but you know, if you're six feet back, they feel safe and that's Okay. And we're having good conversations. And just, you know, the main thing is to listen to someone. What's the most important things to you? And I think that's part of the problem. Most politicians talk, they don't listen. Yeah. Most people in general don't listen. That's why one of the things that leads into why we are where we are. God gave us two two ears and one mouth. For a reason. Guess what? We should use more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's great, though. I think... Are you also running like an online campaign or utilizing some social some, media? Yeah, some social media stuff, uh, some phone banking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a lot of it's just having conversations with donors. It's a whole new it's a whole new election during pandemic. You can't do the big in-person fundraisers anymore. Hey, come to my raffle or my uh, auction or whatever we're doing, or I'm going to give you a burger, give me 20 bucks, and I'll buy you a burger and hopefully you put... That's all gone. I mean, we're not going to the Elks for this fundraiser and the Women's Club for this fundraiser and so-and-so is hosting 20 people at our house. That's gone. So it's a lot more out there just uh, begging from your friends and seeing what you can get in. Yeah, you really have to adapt for this election. It's, If nothing else. Yeah, the, the, the major candidates on the presidential and Senate could still get huge money online. But locally, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. And luckily, Eureka's not outrageously large like you're not it's not well, it's, like it's in wards now oh yeah yeah that's what i mean like you're not you're only focused on your right. word four right word four you don't yeah. have to do fifteen thousand registered voters yeah now you're doing three thousand registered voters out of that you expect maybe two-thirds or 70 percent to vote and then from there it's what we call cutting data you're, you're looking at the numbers saying well who's going to actually vote you'd be amazed how many people don't vote that's scary I get told yeah, this every day. I don't know why, though. I don't know why there's that huge disconnect where people just don't want to do it. I get told that daily. I don't vote. What do you say in response to that? Well, I usually say, okay, I respect that. Just remember, you can't complain for the next two years. Yeah. And voting does have consequences. I think we're seeing that now. If And especially if Trump gets that Supreme Court pick, we're gonna we're really going to be feeling that. Voting has consequences, yeah. You know, so Bill Maher, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher on HBO. He and I think a lot alike politically. And he's like, oh, for all the left-wing Democrats that said, I can't vote Hillary, this is what you brought to us. Yeah. Voting has consequences. Yeah, I'm really excited to see all the people complain if Trump wins again. And then to ask, did you vote? And then be like, no. And it's like, well, then you, you really don't get you, to complain. You can't complain. Like all of the 
if you're mad about the police situation, if you're right. mad about what's happening with rioting, if you're mad at anything, healthcare, healthcare, it right, you got to vote or you get what you get yep. because you didn't participate in the system. So now, when you protest and unnamed federal officers come to town to beat on you, there's a consequence for you not voting. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you don't vote and you're 26 years or younger and you lose your health insurance and God forbid you get in an accident. It's going to sting that much more. It's your life's going to turn upside down without you even realizing it. Yeah. Have you, as someone who has been in the public eye as a writer, I would imagine that you have pretty thick skin. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you getting a lot of pushback in your campaign while you're running from things that you said as a writer? Um, minimal. Minimal. Okay. People from the far left and far right. And that's about it. And then everybody else in the middle recognizes yeah, that. Yeah, because I said something seven years ago. They're going to hold that for me for life. It's insane that that is a real thing, though, that people really are doing that and trying to do that. As I told someone, I'm a creative writer, and my style's a little bit out there. Uh, if you've ever watched a Quentin Tarantino film or a Spike Lee film, Spike Lee's got an Oscar. Quentin Tarantino's got two. Their writing style is out there. They don't hold back on the N-word. They don't hold back on the H-O word to describe a woman. They're writers. They're creative writers, and they've done fairly successful in the credits and understatement of the year. But yeah, so you can't look at Quentin Tarantino or Spike Lee and call him a racist or a misogynist because they used a bad word in a screenplay. Although certain people from the far left would. Oh yeah, they'll they'll definitely try. They'll hold they get mad at comedians. Life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld says I don't do college campuses anymore. Matter of fact, a bunch of comedians don't do college campuses anymore. They've got their shtick that they do. This is their style, and oh no, that's offensive. We can't have you here. Okay, we're not going there. Yeah. That worries me, that censorship. Yeah. And the... The cancel culture. Yeah, and the inability to grow from what you said. It's a joke. It is. It really is. And I don't know if enough people recognize that because not a lot of people are really putting stuff right. out there. It's not about you personally. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump called, if you saw the thing with uh, Ted, Senator Ted Cruz and uh, who's the CNN commentator, his brother's go governor... Um, Cuomo? Cuomo. Yeah. He went after him and said, Donald Trump tweeted, your wife was ugly. Donald Trump tweeted, your father was involved in the JFK assassination. Donald Trump tweeted, you're a loser. And what did you do? Oh, yeah, you phone banked for him. And <laughs> Cruz wasn't used to people going after him, so. Well, that's, I mean, whatever you want to say about Trump, he he is Trump. Like, he is Unbashed. authentically yep. himself. And he's not afraid There's to. There's no filter. He'll nothing. say it, whether it's true or not, and doesn't care. More so if it's not true. If he thinks it's going to be the next soundbite or it's going to help him. And by the way, the soundbites are only 24 hours of Trump. Are we even talking about him calling the veterans losers and POWs Did that losers? Happen? I've heard so much. I don't even know where that actually lies. Was that a real thing? If you read the article and it's been confirmed by many people. Okay. Yes. But we, we, we don't talk about that anymore because we moved on to the latest insane thing Trump did. Yeah. That was two days ago. He's done something more stupid since then. Yeah. That'd be, are you watching the Lincoln Project at all on The Lincoln YouTube? Project? No. What is that? The Lincoln Project is former Republicans who are uh, never Trumpers. To say they dislike Trump is the understatement of the year. And they're just doing brutal ads. If you just get on YouTube and type in Lincoln Project... Some of the best Republicans go for the throat. Democrats do rainbows and lollipops and unicorns. Republicans go for the throat. Mm -hmm. Except these are Republicans going after Trump's throat. Huh. I will have to check that out. And so they're Brutal just trying to undermine ads. that. Sometimes once, twice a day, every other day, they're just doing wow. ads on Trump. 
uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, Susan Collins up in Maine. They're, I mean, they're brutal ads. Are these pretty prominent Republicans? That yes. These? Former people who did presidential campaigns for numerous presidential campaigns, sometimes 30, 40 years of Republican politics. Wow. And just because they recognize the direction that Trump could uh, lead us. Trump is a cancer for Republicans. That, that's all. There is no more Republican Party. It's now the party of Trump. Well, I don't even think there's a Democratic Party. I'd like to think there's a Democratic Party and a far-left party. There's definitely two different parties in the Democratic section. But there's no Republican Party anymore. It's now the party of Trump. Yeah, but they know how to show up and vote, they, which is the problem. One of the most effective ads I've ever seen was a bunch of senior citizens talk about, yeah, go play ball and go have a beer. Go hang out with your friend. We vote. Jesus. I mean, it's all these people are 70 plus years old looking at the camera saying, we vote every single election. We never miss a vote. Jesus. And it was, very, it was one of the most effective campaign ads I've ever seen. So it's kind of like, I don't want to hear your excuse. Can I vote from the couch? Can I vote on my Xbox? Oh, I have to stand in line. No, it's too much time. You can vote by absentee ballot. Uh, starting November 6th, you can go to the elections office and vote there. Say you're about to leave on a trip. You're going to go to France for two months. No, October 6th, you go to the elections office, show them your ID, and you can vote right there. Do you think that voting by mail is going to help the Democrats? Well, th that's the funny thing is voting by mail used to be a Republican thing. Did it really? It used to, they, they're the ones who perfected it. The older Republicans perfected it. Just because they were all at home. They were seniors. They, were they may not have wanted to go stand in line. Uh, they may not have been up at 7 in the morning. Whatever the reason was, didn't matter. They'd tell them vote for home, and then they'd call them phone bank and make sure they sent in the ballot early. Well, Democrats over the time picked up on this game and started doing it also, where now you could do ballot harvesting. That's a nice way of saying when going door to door, you could say, hey, do you have your ballot here? Yeah. Have you filled it out yet? Do you have a minute? Let's get this done and I'll hand carry it in for you. You can go on this website and verify that, yes, you voted. Oh, wow. It's, called ballot. it's legal and it's called ballot harvesting. Now, Trump will be tweeting it's bad, but I guarantee the Republicans are doing the same thing. Huh. Both sides do it. So now we're literally, especially during COVID, we're going to be doing ballot harvesting. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be doing that? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if they think the person's for you, yes. If they think the person's for someone else, no. But keep in mind with five people running in my fourth ward, if I only have two thirds of the people dislike me, I'm in the, I'm in the money. Yeah. I'm going to be, the joke is, you know, you can win with 21%. Yeah, every vote's going to count. Every vote's going to count. And if you get 33%, you're going to be in the top one or two there. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure about the perception that it's... Because everyone everyone that I've talked to says, oh, voting by mail is going to help Democrats. It's going to help Biden. It's going to put him in place as the president. If they vote, yes. But I don't see them voting. I think you could you can literally have the ballot at <laughs> home with them and all they have to do is mail it. And I still think that most people aren't going to mail it. I can tell you from experience if someone's knocked on doors for 16 years, it's November, whatever, the day before the election, you're going door to door. Hey, you're an absentee ballot because we do something to verify whether or not you have voted. Have you voted yet? And they go, well, no, I got my ballot right here. I'm like... Why did you sign up for it? Oh, I, I carry it into the precinct. Well, now that becomes a provisional vote because mm -hmm. it wasn't going through the mail. So it becomes a provisional vote. They'll take it. And you have to sign for it, but it doesn't get counted for up to 30 days. Jesus. Had you mailed it in a week ahead of time, it would have been counted that night. 
And I can't tell you how many people have their ballots sitting on their counter the day before the election. Oh, no, no, we're going to walk it in. <sighs> okay, why sign, did you sign up for That's got to be so frustrating. Sign up to be a, a poll voter where you walk into the polls. That's yeah. fine. I mean, either way is fine. We don't have polls open here currently, though. We're going to uh, November 6th. You can vote at the county uh, elections office, and they're going to set up certain places where you can vote beforehand also for early voting. Oh, okay. But it's only going to be a few select places throughout the county. you got to wear a mask six yeah. feet apart. And uh, according to Kelly Sanders, one of our speakers at Rotary Club a couple weeks ago, if you do that, the first thing they do is they have to go on a computer and verify whether or not you sent your ballot in. Because like Trump says, vote twice, you can't do that. So they have to go in and invalidate if they mailed it because they have a little barcode they do to check to say this is specifically you. So if you've mailed it in, they invalidate that vote. And if you haven't mailed it in yet, they go invalidate it anyway. So now I can vote in person. So they're really, really going to ride that hard but, to check that yeah, voter the, fraud. The, 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 yeah, the, 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 the chances of voter fraud are like less than 0.1%. That's what everybody keeps saying. It's, it's insanely so low. Minimal. Minimal. So now is it possible to ballot harvest? Yes. And that's legal. Is it possible to get a ballot from someone who's moved because they were legally registered to vote here, but then they moved the next day, but they voted before they moved? Perfectly legal. Hmm. Uh, I know now the argument's going to be, well, I know parents that, you know, vote for their children. Yep. And I know children that vote for their elderly parents. It's legal. Mom, dad, sign here. Kids, sign here. Yeah. It's it's they, just a game. They both, But both sides do this. Oh, yeah. That's This is not Democrat or Republican. Both sides are doing this. You identify your voters and then try to get the vote out. Yeah, it just seems like we got to... I don't know, reinvent the system of voting somehow and really get people out there and willing to vote because they recognize how important it is. I have a simple thing to do. If you don't vote, you get taxed an extra $100. That would get a lot of people out. (laughs) That really would get a lot of people out. You think about that. Well, I vote, so what do I care? I'm not going to have this tax. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was busy. You know, I was playing Xbox and then I got on Netflix and then my girlfriend and I went for – and all of a sudden it's like 8.02 and I forgot. Well, you had a whole month of people calling you, ads morning, noon, and night. In Las Vegas in 2012, it was just nonstop political ads between Romney and Obama. I mean, literally, you could not turn on the TV. That's all you saw. They just bought up the airways because that was a battleground state. So people are just getting, oh, my God, I'm so sick of this. Yeah. Well, vote. Then we don't call you anymore. People would say, "I'm." would you people stop calling me? I, I will, sir, if you promise to do one thing. What's that? Vote. As soon as you vote mailed in, we'll stop calling you the next day. How's that? God, that would be so effective. Just say it's a $100 fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. The IRS went and checked with your local registrar in your you county. Didn't you didn't vote, so there's an extra $100 tax. I guarantee people would vote. Yeah, nobody's going to just willingly give up $100. It's a small fine, but just... Yeah, but it's $100. $100. Got to vote. Yeah. And if you didn't register to vote, make it a $200 fine. Are most people that don't vote, are they registered to vote? Or are they not registered to vote? Yeah, both. It's a little bit. I mean, okay. I, I could tell you going door to door, people just look at me and go, nah, I don't vote. Mm-hmm. Or they say, yeah, I'm registered, but you know, I haven't voted in a while. Okay. You, Now's your you time can't to start again. make someone do something that they should be to be a citizen. Yes. I had a good argument the other day that it was similar to that, but in reference to healthcare. It's like, yeah, we'll pay, you know, the government will pay for healthcare, but you have to like be within a hundred pounds of 
a healthy weight, right? You can't just be 600 pounds and then have heart disease and have diabetes and all these other things and then be like, well, right. government's going to pay for it. No, well, you got to lose quite a few pounds before you get there. They call those the super utilizers. I've heard someone speak on that before where I forget the number, like 20-something people in Humboldt County, just just 20 people in Humboldt County are like 10% of our medical budget. Damn. You're looking at that going, because they're, I mean, one person went to the ER 65 times in a year. Wow. That's more than the average person's entire lifetime, maybe their entire family's lifetime. Wow. 65 times in a year going to the ER. Yeah, see, something just doesn't seem right with that. So they like, bring health care workers and social workers there to proactively try to talk to them about a different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Which you're never going to get anywhere with that unless the person actually wants to change their lifestyle. They, it's, it's made a difference. Oh, has it? They realize these handful of people are causing huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Huge. So. Yeah, I wonder how many people actually know that. I can't imagine I, I guarantee lot. everyone at St. Joe's knows who they are. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's the old saying, you look at, if you looked at their, whatever, thousands of people that go through there and how many people go multiple times and how many people go a whole lot of multiple times. And then what's that total bill for those 12 people or those 20 people? And what percent are they actually paying? Like out of pocket? Yeah. Yeah. The healthcare system as a whole is just a wild animal that somebody's going to have to tackle someday. It's going to break. Question is when. Right. All right, well, we just did an hour and a half. Do you have anything else about your no. campaign you want to add? I think we covered it. Do you have anywhere where people can find you, like a website or? Yeah, I'm on Facebook for Matthew Owen for City Council. And then also got the uh, MatthewInTheMiddleOwen.com for my uh, webpage. And probably if you're a registered voter, odds are I'm going to be knocking on your door. All right. Well, they have that to look forward to. Now. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I had a Thank great time you. talking with you.